Well, I just spent 10 minutes watching Britney Spears dance on Instagram, so I'll be uh, doing this podcast cross-eyed today. Hey, this is the Radio Espionage Underground Podcast from rain-soaked Los Angeles. My name is Mark Elliott, and I do this podcast unfiltered and unedited just to show off. No, actually, I like the feeling of being live. You know, everything in radio today, if you listen, is 90% pre-recorded. You ever call a radio station have somebody answer the phone? See what I mean? Uh, here's the espionage we're going to get into today. Taylor Swift's problem isn't Taylor Swift, and I'll tell you why. I'll debunk a couple of Super Bowl conspiracies floating around, and I witnessed something at the grocery store the other day that was horrifying. And I'm going to tell you about it because for your safety, you need to stick around and listen to this. Tipping has now become politicized like every damn thing today. And I've got my rules for tipping. Let's see if you agree. And finally, would you ever join an orgasm cult? Think about it. An orgasm cult. That's what you call saving the best for last, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but before we get into the espionage, I would like to do a little bit of a Grammy Awards recap. You know, I don't watch the Grammys. I've been boycotting them for years. You know, until they give the rock genre its due and properly uh, displayed at the Grammys, I'm not watching anymore. Um, quite frankly, as a programmer, I've programmed this music for years, but as a music listener, I don't really care for the music that they play at the Grammys. I'm a rocker by trade. That's what I love. And they do not do rock justice. It's just another category. It's like, oh, do we have to do rock? That's what it feels like to me. So until they put them up front, like it used to be, when it made the Grammy Awards fun and you would talk about it the next day because of the insanity. They've taken the insanity out because the rock genre is treated you know, like like a condiment. <laughs> it's just, it's horrible. So until they do that, I'm not watching. And I don't think they care. Uh, but to give you an example, best rock album went to Paramore over Metallica, Foo Fighters, and Greta Van Fleet. Okay, did you hear me say that? Metallica, Foo Fighters, Greta, Fan, uh, Greta Van Fleet, and Paramore wins best rock album. Album. Now, in the radio business, we would call Paramore a pop alternative band, but they move them over to rock so they can win in the category. Uh, Paramore's not a rock band. I'm sorry. Uh, best rock song. This made me, when I read this this morning, I have never heard of this song, and I popped it on to listen to it. Oh, I, that explains it. Boy Genius, Not Strong Enough, won for best rock song against Rescued. Uh, by the Foo Fighters, also best rock performance up against Foo Fighters and Metallica. This is at best a pop song. Nothing rocks about it. It's a acoustic ballad as far as I'm concerned. And again, it's an example of how, well, they wouldn't win if we put them in the right category. So let's just put them in rock and we'll give them an award that way. Uh, they did try to save themselves. Best metal performance went to Metallica for 72 seasons. Uh, nice call. That's a fantastic album. One of Metallica's best albums. Loved every cut on that album. But if Boy Genius would have won that, there would have been some metal heads and rockers in wheelchairs lining up in downtown Hollywood or Los Angeles. See, I don't even remember where they had the damn thing. That's how much I pay attention. I got all the highlights uh, on X 
where you can follow us, by the way, at Radio Espionage U, the letter U on X, because that's where the conversation continues between podcasts. So uh, follow us there. Uh, we'll get into some good stuff always during the week on X. I'm not a Facebook or Instagram guy, unless Britney Spears is dancing, of course. All right, let's get into the espionage today. Um, the Super Bowl this Sunday has already got some controversy happening. Pat Mahomes' dad was arrested for a DUI, so he started celebrating a week too early. Problem is, that's his third DUI, and he is facing up to 10 years in prison now. Uh, so I think that might be a little bit of, of a distraction for Pat. But as I said before, Taylor Swift's problem isn't Taylor Swift. Um, there was a report that came out last week that said Taylor Swift was ruining the NFL. No, she's not. She's not ruining the NFL. We are. Everybody talking about it nonstop. That means the news media, whether it's TV news, radio news, uh, the entertainment magazines, entertainment reports, even the sports reports. It's all about Taylor and Travis. We are talking about it way too much. Now, here's the dichotomy in all of this. We can't stop talking about it. You don't want to be the first moron not talking about it. Because the small percentage of people that have the loud voice screaming that she's ruining the NFL, that's a small, loud voice compared to the people who like to hear the stories about Taylor and Travis. Okay, so you don't want to be the guy or the girl who has stopped talking about Taylor and Travis. Now, where this relationship goes beyond football season is, you know, we're going to find out. Uh, Taylor's going on tour, and she's not going to be here in the United States. She's going to be going to places like Japan. She's going to Australia. She's going to the Netherlands. She's going to be in Sweden, France, UK. I don't think number 87 is going to be tagging along. So their relationship's about to get challenged. And, uh, hey, I hope they make it. You know, it's hard enough to find one person to love in this world. So if they make it and it works out, great. I just think they're going to have some challenges coming up. Um, but Taylor's not ruining the NFL. Another stat showed that they only show her less than 47 seconds during a game. So if we weren't talking nonstop about this for 16 weeks plus playoffs, I don't think anybody would care that the network panned over to see Taylor Swift in the uh, in the suites watching her man play football. Uh, so we we got a couple of conspiracies that came out too about the Super Bowl. I find them kind of funny. <laughs> First one is uh, now now picture this: the NFL sitting back, making the schedule out for this year, as where these conspiracies come from. Okay. Uh, Taylor is, uh, it was all fixed that Kansas City would win the Super Bowl. Taylor would be brought in, be shown all season long. So at the end of the Super Bowl, when Kansas City wins, they could ask her, Taylor, your bohunk just won the Super Bowl. What are you going to do next? And she's going to say, oh, holy golly, gee shucks, I'm voting for Joe Biden. I don't think so. I think she'd rather go for a mustache ride on 87. Uh, the other Super Bowl conspiracy uh, this game being played in Las Vegas, home of the Las Vegas Raiders, my favorite football team since I was a little bitty kid. Uh, I'm just an old kid now. Uh, but the conspiracy is that the NFL rigged this because the game was being played in Las Vegas. You know, two of the most hated rivalries for the Raiders, and they have many. But it's San Francisco because they shared the Bay Area for so many years together. 
That's one. And number two, Kansas City is the Raiders' number one arch rival. Okay, They're going to play this game on the Raiders' home turf. And the NFL set this up so that Kansas City would win the Super Bowl just to stick it to Al Davis and Mark Davis and the Raiders franchise. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, I understand it's fun to have these conspiracy theories, but uh, I'm sorry. Those Just debunk those right now. Not going to happen. All right? The NFL season is uh, crazy, uh, and I'll debunk it this way. Um, you know, I know that there's a lot of questions about officiating, and the games are rigged. The games are fixed. Okay? I would say people propagating this have never played the game. Uh, referees... They do the best job they can. You got 22 players on the field. Do you know how much chaos happens with every snap of the ball? Okay, they can't see every player. Players are coached to get away with things. They catch a few things because some things become obvious. That's what they catch. But there's penalties on every single play. They just don't catch them all. You would need 22 referees or at least 11 watching every single play uh, and player in order to catch every single penalty. And because they catch something on film, and keep in mind, real time, those films are not real time, they're replays in slow motion. Real time, you're not going to catch every single penalty. There is just too much damn chaos on a field every time the ball is snapped. So just forget about those, uh, those conspiracies that the NFL is rigged and fixed. Just stop it. All right, the game coming up, uh, I've given this a lot of thought. Um, you know, I've gone back and forth about strengths and weaknesses for Kansas City and San Francisco, and it comes down to this. If it's a blowout, San Francisco is going to win. A close game favors Kansas City because you can never count out Mahomes in a close game. If Kansas City can keep it close, they have a chance at winning this, but I think San Francisco is going to run away with it. They have too many offensive weapons with McCaffrey, with Debo. Uh, with Brandon Ayuk and, of course, Kettle. They kind of hide him until the fourth quarter, and he'll rip off two or three big gainers, and he's just an animal. Uh, in fact, Travis Kelsey said he's the best tight end in the NFL. I think they're both pretty damn good. Um, but I just think San Francisco has too much up top. I'm going to say the defenses are relatively even, uh, and if you get after Mahomes and shake him up, he can be rattled. Uh, but a close game, he can always pull it together. But if San Francisco gets it by 10 or more, I think the Niners are going to bring this thing home. So I'm going to give it to the Niners by 10. Yeah, I know Brock Purdy for a Super Bowl. He could have uh, happy feet, all that good stuff. But he seems to be calm, cool, and collected. Uh, he doesn't do so well where the weather is uh, problematic, but that's not going to be a problem in Vegas uh, under, under the roof. So there you have it. 10-point win by the 49ers or more. That's what I'm going with. Close game favors the Chiefs, however. Eddie uh, had a really horrifying experience at the grocery store that I got to tell you about. And we never really think about these things. I never thought about it. In the bakery section by the deli, there was a seven-year-old boy who took one of those baguettes of bread and took the bread out and was playing with it in the store. His dad was at the deli, you know, obviously ordering meat and cheese or something like that. He looked like he worked at a Jiffy Lube and didn't wash his hands before he showed up at the grocery store, too, by the way. 
But the kid's waving this sword around. It wasn't really that busy. And he's waving this bread around, the 18-inch sword. And he drops it on the floor a couple of times, picks it up, you know. And his dad sees him doing it and comes over and takes the bread away from him with his greasy hand, puts the bag back in the bread, uh, bread bag and puts it back in the basket. And I see this, and I'm mortified by this, because I'm thinking, how many times have I bought a bag of bread in an unopened bag, because they don't staple them or tape them? How many times have I done that? How many times could that have happened? What are other things that could have happened to this bread while it was there, open? All these things are running through my mind in a very short span, and, and, and in the process, this lady comes up. She's probably 75, 80 years old. She picks that same bread up out of the basket, puts it in her cart. And I go after her because I'm like, you don't want that one. You know, get another one. And I ran up to her and I said, excuse me. I said, that bag that you have in your cart, that bread, before I could get it out, she goes, just mind your own business. Mean, mean. I think if she had a cane, she would have beat me with it. Uh, so I just backed off and said, okay, enjoy your sourdough and Pennzoil bread. No, let's make that Quaker State. But from a safety reason, uh, if your grocery store has an open baguette of bread, do yourself a favor. Talk to the uh, manager and say, can you do me a favor? How about stapling those up a little bit and tell them that story? Tipping has become a major, major issue at restaurants. It's become politicized like everything is today. Everything is politicized. You know, these restaurants that want to add tipping automatically into the bill, you might get hoodwinked on one of those, but never go back. You know, tipping has always been for service provided. You know, you, you tip more. And granted, my mother worked as a server. I, I saw the condition that she came home in after working uh, in the public. It's brutal. Brutal as hell. Uh, but, you know, you start with a 15% tip off the top. Go in thinking that, right? I had a system where I started at 15, and if the service was really good, the tip went up. If the service was really bad, the tip went down. And that's how I do it. That's how I did it. Now, restaurants where they try to stick it to you uh, on the bill, um, they get me one time and I just don't go back. I just don't go back. Sorry, I'm not going to go to a restaurant that's going to make me... Uh, Forced me to pay 20%, 25%. I went to Buffalo Wild Wings a month ago. That's the last time I've eaten out in a restaurant, by the way. And the bill came, and they gave me the option of 15, 20, 25 other to tip. And um, they didn't make me pay that tip. They were giving me the options, so I just kind of took my pen, lined it out, because I always give my tips in cash, I've always done that. Never put it on the credit card. I would just write cash where they say tip and put the bill total there because I wanted to make sure that the server got it. Um, I don't know if they do or not or how they did that, but to me, I felt like, you know, I really appreciated the service. And nine times out of 10, I'd leave 20% and up uh, for any server. Um, but it always started at 15, depending on service. Uh, if I can get that, then I'm great. Uh, and that's how I do it. So I don't know if you agree or not, but in California, you know, a lunch here just for two people is going to cost you 40 to 50 bucks uh, here in Los Angeles. So the tip is 750 minimum and it goes up from there. So it can't get a little bit pricey. And we are dealing with Bidenomics, aren't we? Uh, now, if I'm at the table longer than an hour, for an example, uh, I will double up on that tip because I'm costing the server money 
at that point. That is somebody else that could have come in, sat, had lunch. So I'm taking up that space. Uh, so I am kind of paying rent, but I don't want them to lose that table or that money. So I will double up the tip if I'm there another hour, two hours, whatever it would be, uh, to make it worth their while. So I don't know if you agree or disagree, but that's, uh, that's how I do it when it comes to tipping. Would you ever join an orgasm cult? Sounds like fun, doesn't it? Well, apparently these two ladies in New York City uh, created a high call girl service called One Taste Club, and they got caught. They had built this organization up with high class, I don't want to say prostitutes or call girls or anything like escorts. Let's use the word escorts. And they had built the service from the ground up during the pandemic, and they branched out from New York to Los Angeles to Las Vegas and to Denver. <laughs> Why Denver? But, uh, well, I guess there's a lot of high-class people there as well. Uh, I would think Dallas over Denver, but that's just me. But anyway, they got caught, and I thought it was kind of funny when they did the story that the two founders were, uh, were arrested, and they were freed on $1 million bond. And a warning that they are being watched. I'd have to say that probably turned them on. But would you join an orgasm, orgasm cult? Sounds like fun, but don't know if uh, you would take part in one of those. That's it for this episode of the Radio Espionage Underground podcast. You can email us anytime at radioespionageunderground at gmail.com and catch up with us on X. Again, search Radio Espionage U, the letter U. Come back next Monday when my guest won't be Taylor Swift. Be good to each other because it costs nothing to be nice to people.